You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast. Here's what's coming up. And I think one of the things we have to, as business people, have to move away from is the, is to rely solely on the numbers game. Yeah, I mean, we have to rely, we have to look at that that kind of information in order to move and progress forward. But if you're passionate about what you're doing, you know, as long as you're continuing to nurture the garden, eventually the the garden will grow. What is going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am the lucky one who gets to bring you every single week an amazing story about a businesswoman who has grown her business and has a very, very real and authentic story to share about it. Uh, And the point is to be able to bring these stories here so that you can not only connect and know that you are not the only businesswoman out there going through ups and downs, but also to be able to dig in and give you some very practical things that you can take away from this and implement in your own business. Are you just starting your podcast or thinking about starting it? Uh, Or have you been podcasting for a long time? Well, my guess is if you are in either one of those camps, then you would love to hang around with other really cool, awesome podcasters and love to get access to education that is both pertinent and actionable in your podcast to help you succeed. If that's the case, then you definitely don't want to miss PodFest coming up February 2016. That's going to be February 26th and 27th of 2016. Go to podfest.us for more information. I have the amazing privilege of being able to speak next to incredible podcasting minds, such as Dave Jackson, who is like one of the godfathers of podcasting. He has the school of podcasting. Justin Crossley, who has the Brewing Network. Glenn the Geek, who has the Horse Radio Network, one of the largest podcast networks. And an amazing panel of women in podcasting, including Liz Covart of Ben Franklin's World, whose podcast is just about to surpass a half a million downloads, by the way, and Natalie Ekdahl of the Biz Chicks podcast. These are just a few of the speakers that we are going to have at PodFest 2016. So make sure to go and get your tickets ASAP, podfest.us. I would love to see you there. Look, even if you use this just as an excuse to come out to Tampa in February when it's going to be beautiful and maybe come to see me, that would be awesome. All right, podfest.us. I'll see you there. The fabulous Mimi Cosma is my guest today. She has created a TV series called Food Hero Mimi Cosma. Now, this is the probably the most unique business model interview I've ever had because it's something so out of the ordinary. She has a love for food, a love for cooking, no formal chef or training experience, but just um, just as a magnificent cook. And she decided that she really wanted to do something very meaningful within that passion. So she started a TV show called Food Hero Mimi Cosma. It is currently being distributed, uh, the major way it's being distributed is through YouTube. And just in the first six months of its first season, 
The channel currently has 250,000 views, which is actually pretty darn awesome. So during this interview, um, Mimi really talks about why and how she started this YouTube channel, uh, what she's doing with these episodes, what they really are, what they're all about. Um, And I'm going to give you a little clue here just so you can totally understand. So the episodes are really about being able to do something really powerful and meaningful and uh, giving a lot of gratitude to people in the community who are doing great things. So it's really, it's sort of like, you know, the marriage of your local charity that, you know, takes care of the the people in the community and gives back to the people in the community plus food. I mean, a very unique combination, but it works. It is so amazing. So she really goes into how they've built their YouTube channel, how what she does every single day to be able to grow those views, how she's able to build her own personal brand so that all of those things, all of the views, all of her, you know, Facebook page, all that stuff sort of rises together. So really fascinating conversation about personal brand building and doing something very meaningful that is going to have a larger payoff later. So, um, so let's get going with Mimi. What's going on, Mimi? Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing really well. Oh, man, I'm so excited to talk to you today. You have created such a cool show uh, with a really cool business model that I want to make sure that everyone knows about. Um, But you and I'm going to have you talk a little bit about the overview of what the show is all about. But it really comes back to the fact that you love cooking and you love health and wellness and you are very food oriented. Can you talk a little bit about where that passion like originally came from? All right. So the passion stems from when I was a kid. Um, I had parents who loved to cook, who loved to eat, who loved to entertain, who also brought that into their business life. Um, Back before this was ever really cool, my dad was part of an aqua farming venture in North Florida. And then later um, in the years, my parents owned a couple of, you know, little pizzerias in town, and I worked in them as a kid. So that's sort of how it all stemmed. And you know how life gives you signs, but sometimes you don't read those signs as you're traveling? Well, that was sort of me. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, my parents did this, and I got to do this, and we love to eat, and uh, we love to cook, and we grow things in our garden. But it didn't occur to me that that was going to be part of my life for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so... Fast forward to now, let's say, no, let's just fast forward to, let's say, six, six, nine months ago. You know, I do entertaining. I cook. I grow my own herbs, you know, things like that. And friends and family are, were always just so complimentary about, you know, my cooking and how, you know, organized I was and, you know, and, and how delicious and unique and pretty and just, just so nice. And they're like, they kept saying, you know, you should do something with this. You should do something with this. And I said to myself, well, I'm... I'm not a chef. I'm not a trained chef. I never went to culinary school. Um, and they're like, no, it doesn't matter. This is, this is something that's, that's natural to you. You need to do something with it. Well, I'm a teacher uh, by trade. Okay. Um, so that's my profession. And I thought, well, what can I do to sort of marry the two? Uh, and do it in a way where I'm not just cooking for people just because, but because it, I wanted it to have a purpose. I wanted my cooking to mean something to someone. I wanted it to be a gift, um, you know, much like it's a gift to my family and friends when I cook for them. Mm-hmm. 
So, mm-hmm. so what did you end up coming up with? Like, if you if, like, did you end up going and like cooking for other people? Were you like kind of a cook for hire? Like, what did you end up doing? All right. So back to that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry. So what I did was I sat down with my husband and I said, look, um, I want to do something with my cooking. I want to feed the homeless. I want to, I don't know what it is. I want to visit people that are ill. I want, you know, I, I couldn't put my finger on it at the time. I mean, like most people that are starting a, a new business, um, they have a lot of things they're thinking about doing. So I had this array of ideas flowing through my head. And so we started calling um, friends in the entertainment industry uh, who deal in, you know, like with uh, the food channels and things like that and said, you know, what can we do that's unique? And I sort of told my story and what I was interested in doing. And they said, oh, well, maybe you should do something that is, uh, you know, you could go in and cook for the, you know, veterans. You know, we've got a lot of men and women that are coming back from Afghanistan, from Iraq, you know, go in and cook for the veterans. And I'm like, well, well, how do I do that? You know, I, I didn't know how to go about doing that. Right, right. And um, so my, I thought, well, I'm going to start my own nonprofit. And, and so we looked into that, and I thought, oh my god, to start a nonprofit, I could never get this thing going in a, in a reasonable amount of time. I, you know, I need to get my, I need to get my 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 teeth into this. So my husband said, wait a minute, I know a guy in South Jersey with USA Hometown Heroes, and he is a nonprofit. Let's give him a call, and maybe he can help us sort of wrap our heads around this and focus. We gave him a call. We told him our idea that we want to go out. We want to, you know, sort of kitchen crash someone's house or whatever. And Mimi wants to come in and cook for the family. He wants to provide a, you know, a meal for them, their their, their friends, their family, whatever, um, because maybe they're going through a hardship or, or something like this. And we want to do this through a nonprofit. How do we do it? And he's like, you know what, guys, uh, it's going to be a lot of work to put a nonprofit together. Trust me, I, I've been doing this for about six years. He said, I tell you what, he goes, I like your idea. He says, and you want to put this on film? He says, I want to help you out. He says, I tell you what, he says, I'll serve as the platform and you do everything through me. In other words, I didn't have to create my own um, non-for-profit organization. I teamed up with one that, that was pre-existing that had a similar vision and we partnered together to put this Food Hero Mimi Cosmic concept into motion. I love that, by the way. I think that that's brilliant because getting, I mean, just the basics of business and the basics of a nonprofit especially are so overwhelming and can get really confusing. And just like you said, can take a heck of a lot of time. And if you're ready and in action now, like that stuff slows you up. So what a great idea. Okay, so now go through and do kind of a brief explanation as to what Food Hero Mimi Cosma is. What is that? Okay, so... This is now the end of season one where, that we're approaching. So this is how we began Food Hero Mimi Cosman. We decided that my partner at USA Hometown Heroes would qualify people. He, he has lots of um, cases where people have come to him and, and are in need for several different reasons. So he already had the, if you lack of a better word, the clientele from which, from which we could pull. All right? Right. Right. So... I was I would tell him essentially what I was looking for, what you know, what I was who I wanted to help in terms, you know, basic parameters. Um, I didn't necessarily want to help an organization, I wanted to help an individual. And through finding that individual, I wanted to tell their story. You know, why were they in this sort of set of circumstances where they would require help from a from a non-for-profit? You know, what why were they in this position? And through and with that information, I wanted to educate. That's where the education piece comes in for me, as I wanted to educate people. You know, we get so caught up 
in our own lives and in our own heads. And um, we forget that there are other people out there <clears throat> that need help. And usually the only time we think about these things are during the holidays. But let's face it, um, people are in trouble on a daily basis. Right. And so I think it's important right. for us to make sure that it's in the, in the mainstream, in the forefront every day. As we wake up in the morning, just remember, be thankful for what you have, but just remember someone out there needs help. Right. So we wanted to tell a story. Right. We wanted to find a family or a person to tell their story. So that was, that was a way to share to the world what their, what their story is. Um, and then through that, we wanted to then take my love of cooking and design a way where I can give them an incredible meal, a restaurant quality experience, whatever it is, to just show them how appreciative we are for them being here and that someone is listening and someone is giving them, you know, attention and is, and that they are cared for. And finally, the final piece to this is finding a little bit about them that maybe they wouldn't share with other people, something that they really like or really desire in life, and finding a way for us to surprise them with a little bonus. Um, so for, may I give an example? Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, if um, you could run through, go run okay. through just like a quick little yeah. example of one of the episodes that you've had, just a quick one with all those components. So people can really put the story with kind of the setup that you've given. I'll do it. So episode one, um, in season one was about a young boy named Landon and he's from South Jersey and he is the only child of a couple he was born with, as they later determined, was something called F-PIES, F-P-I-E-S, Food Protein-Induced Enterocolitis Syndrome. Now, most people would not ever have heard of this, and I can say I am one of them. So this is a severe form of food allergy, and it is typically unknown if that food that that child intakes will cause a severe allergic reaction or even cause cardiac arrest. This little boy was in the hospital from the time he was born, essentially, because he was not thriving. And they could not determine what was going on with him. It took years. And when I finally got to meet him back in the fall of 2014, it was only then that he was allowed to have about 11, 11, 11 different food items, ingredients. Wow. Holy cow. Okay. So the parents have spent all this time in and out of the hospital trying to find ways to make sure that his environment is, you know, um, free of anything that would cause an allergic reaction or an episode and making sure that he was thriving and gaining weight and growing. Well, ne you can imagine the kind of stress this puts on a couple and the stress it puts on a family. So they're constantly worrying about, you know, cross-contamination in the kitchen and they have to eat themselves, they have to take care of themselves. And all the while, they're worrying about land and they forget about themselves and they forget about themselves as a couple. Right. All right? And they're only focused on right. him. They don't sit down and have family meals. They can't go out to dinner like we do whenever we choose, right? So what we did was um, we, we did find a chef in town that I worked with who had very close relations with the family and um, and was able to learn about Landon's condition and took it upon himself to, in his own restaurant, create meals, especially for this child, so that the parents could call him and say, hey, chef, we're going to have a family meal tonight. Can you help us out? We're going to arrive with Landon. Can you make something off of his list of approved ingredients from the doctor? 
Oh, that is so cool. And this guy would do it. He would do it. He would. He had. He had everything. You know, he had an entire set of cutlery, dishes, food, everything in his kitchen that was strictly devoted to this child. So when the parents called, he could have a meal in a restaurant like a normal kid. In fact, he would have his staff even write type up a menu just so he could have a menu to look at, even though he knew he would, he, what he was probably going to get that night. That is, so, that is cute. so cute. Right? So we said, you know what, let's take it another step. So the chef and I worked together, and we decided to invade their home. He and I went out and went shopping and found all these things. I found out what the parents liked to eat. Chef found out what, what was a, you know, what uh, Landon liked to eat. And we, in tandem, crashed their kitchen one evening and cooked a meal for the entire family. Wow. And we presented it to them. We had a guest server. And we also had found out in the, in the interim that Landon was all about firemen and policemen. He wanted to be either a fireman or policeman when he grew up. And so we knew this. So in the middle of dinner... You know, we're all talking and having a good time. We hear sirens. And, of course, everyone knows what's going to happen except for Landon, right? So the sirens are going off. He's like, oh, my God, what is that noise and why is it close to my house? And so we all jump up from the table and look out the window. And we have fire trucks, state police, and local police in his hometown. And 40 volunteers from either of those, any of those departments knocking on his front door. Begging him to come out. That was the surprise that we gave him. He was shocked. Completely shocked. He got to ride on a fire truck through his hometown, waving at his neighbors and friends. He was awarded all kinds of, you know, um, things from all three of those departments. Uh, it It was a touching, touching experience. Because those people who weren't on duty came to his home on, you know, an evening when they could have been home with their families. And came to his house instead to give him that experience. That is all. I'm just sitting here with the biggest smile on my face because you're doing such a good job of helping everyone on this audio podcast really visualize what you are doing in your videos, which is what I want to move to and transition to because the story that you have just told is really what you are encapsulating in this entire TV series that you're building. So um, so you just, as at the time that we are talking right now, you've just completed season one. You have a few episodes on there. And I really want to, I want to pinpoint this, that you have had over 250,000 views, video views on your channel so far. And for such a young show, that's a big deal. So, um, I mean, and you can... You know, for you listening, I mean, you can hear, obviously, in Mimi's voice, just how passionate she is about this and and how visually and emotional, you know, the whole experience is. Um, so I guess my question to you is, uh, you know, you decided to record all of this. You decided to do it as a whole TV show, a whole TV series. And I have to tell you, the quality is actually really good. Like, this is you know, it's not somebody's home camera recording you, following you around. You you have a professional, you know, looking TV show. Um, talk a little bit about, especially for anyone listening who who wants to improve their YouTube channel, wants to start a YouTube channel, wants to build, have a TV show themselves. How have you guys gotten so many video views so far? 
Well, it's a lot of hard work. Um, it's something that has to be attended to on a daily basis. It's like growing a garden or raising a child. I mean, it, it, it seriously is that that um, level of commitment. And you have to be on top of this every single day. And you can't ignore your followers. You have to thank them. You have to, you know, dig deeper so it's all because of social media, clearly. You know, Facebook has helped, Instagram, Twitter, Vine, um, you know, talking to friends, emailing people on your contact list, asking your family to do the same. You know, it's word of mouth. It's, it's about, you know, connecting with people in every way imaginable. Um, and then what happens from that is that you get, it, it's sort of um it's an effect where you ha you touch one or two people who are so taken by your cause um, that then they tell ten more of their friends and so on and so forth. Right. So right. I mean that's the true you know that's the true definition of social networking, right? Right there. And because I've had you know my husband working with me, it's been myself. I've had my colleagues at work who I never asked them to do anything, but they kind of heard. And they took it upon themselves to run with it. I mean, it's been an amazing experience. Even um, my students, you know, because I'm a school teacher, my students who I never asked or told them about what I was doing, because they're so savvy on the internet, found me, and now they're my fans. And their parents have become my fans. And you see, it just grows and grows and grows. And, and, and so, I mean, it's, but again, it's something you have to tend to every day, just like a garden. So let's talk about the specifics of that tending of the garden, specifically yeah. on social media. What does that really mean? Now, one thing I notice is that you're you're active on all these different platforms. It's true. One very interesting I, thing I notice is that on your Facebook page, you actually have integrated your YouTube channel, which I, I I don't I know it's totally possible, but I hadn't seen that before. So somebody could come on your Facebook page and be able to just you know it's one of the tabs up top where you can yeah. just click YouTube yeah. and your YouTube channel is there, so they don't have to go over to YouTube. So you've got that really working for you and integrated. Like what? What specific things would you say are probably the most powerful? Because you're not coming out with a new show every single week or every single day to be able to share something new content. Correct. What are you doing? Like, what specific strategies are you using on any of these platforms that that really are proving to drive traffic to the videos? All right. So what happens is because you have to be out there every day, like you said, you have to give the you have to give your viewers and your followers something. To, that's worth visiting, right, or, or worth viewing. So in between us airing our shows or launching the shows, um, I spend time in my kitchen cooking. I cook like four or five days a week. And I take those, um, I take pictures of the food that I create in the kitchen and I post them and I have a comment with them or a quirky story or I'll, Go to a restaurant and I'll find something cool. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll plug a restaurant that I'm totally in love with. Uh, or a place I, you know, I just visited. I mean, I'm just trying to keep in touch with my fans, my viewers, and my followers. Just by being in their lives every day. Almost like a family member, if that should make sense. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm not just talking mm -hmm. about my show. I'm trying to share my life with them and bring them into my home. Introduce them to my family talk about, you know, what I'm up to, where I'm going, where I visited, 
you know, recommendations. Maybe they want to go and try that place out or visit that location. And also, in you know, in connection to the um, to the YouTube channel, is if I come across an interesting story about a person, um, I also like to share that. So it's it's it involves all those small pieces of Food Hero Mimi Cosma, and I sort of deconstruct it and try to intersperse that in splashes, if you will, every single day on all those social media outlets. Got it. And you're always, are you always driving back to the YouTube channel or always driving back to your website or sort of kind of dispersed everywhere? It's dispersed because you can only push people so much. They only want to hear about your YouTube channel when it's fresh, right? Yep. And when I start to think that it's starting to sort of um, fade out, then I plug it back in again. Because you have a big run. You, know, you introduce a new episode, people watch it, watch it, watch it, and you'll see the numbers day-to-day dwindle down, and then you let it die down for a little bit, right? And then you're like, I'm going to give it one more push right before – you know, I begin to maybe introduce the next episode and then I'll build up to the next episode. So it's a con, you have to enter, like you said, you intertwine it in between, you, know, you, you weave it in there when it's necessary. But I'm not the kind of person to just drive it home till you turn your, your followers off. You don't want to do that. People want fresh new things, you know, so you have to give it to them. Gotcha. And, and, and social media is gotcha. not the only way that I go. Um, I have um, a radio show. Um, on America's Talk Radio every Sunday from 6 to 7. I didn't know if you knew that. And so I talk about Food Hero Mimi Cosma. Yes, the episode's on the YouTube channel, but I, ta- I have guests that come on and talk about what they're doing in their lives to pay it forward. Um, I talk about cooking. I may talk about recipes. I may talk about gadgets. I may talk about you know new trends. And then the other component to that um, hour-long um, radio show is that Hometown Heroes gets to come in and talk about, you know, heroes in the community. And I'll chime in with Mike, who is from USA Hometown Heroes, and we'll talk about and recognize heroes in the community, whether in our own community or somewhere across America, because there are heroes every day, and we want to make sure we give a shout-out to them. Got it. So, I mean, what you're really doing is building up your own personal brand and utilizing that personal brand to do all these different projects, which is very, very smart. Uh, yes, exactly. It, it, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> it is, as you know, because I yep. know you do this. So, um, but it's only work, and I call it work, but it's just something that's become part of my life, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's absolutely comfortable, you know? Now, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about kind of what the business model is for this because, you know, um, a lot of times when people are starting any YouTube or TV channels or anything like that, they're thinking, okay, I want to use this as a way to market my business, to drive revenue, to drive traffic, to do whatever. Um, and you really took a different approach. You took an approach of, hey, I'm, I know that I'm not going to monetize this from the ver- at the very beginning, yep. but I have this desire to have it grow. Talk a little bit about what evolution you see for this t- TV series. Okay, so as you just stated, it I didn't start it with the intent of quote unquote making money, right? So when I dove into this, you know, my my husband supported me and my family was behind me. We decided that we would do this out of our own pocket. You know, we would pay for everything that it required and we would seek out friends and family members who were willing to spend, you know, 
time out of their, you know, day, mostly weekends and evenings to help us, you know, make this um, a reality. So we looked to friends in the entertainment industry who were, you know, directors of photography, who owned great equipment, who were good at sound, who were good at lighting, whatever the expertise was. And um, they came in. Um, we, we solicited help from local businesses, from local chefs, who on a couple of episodes, you'll see that I'm with two, I'm with two, um, a couple of different chefs in their kitchens working in their facility. I mean, I really went out, we went out and begged, borrowed, and we didn't steal, but we definitely begged and borrowed <laughs> to, uh, to get this thing up and running. And we didn't want it to be of poor quality, which is why we sought people in the industry who had familiarity and expertise to help us um, create, you know, um, a, a, something that's that was worthy of watching. You know, it wasn't just us holding, you know, our iPhone with the, um, with, with the video camera, right? Right. So this was very important right. to us. And, but now that we have, com we're on the, you know, the downhill slide and we're completing um, season one, we feel like that we have uh, created um, quite a, a rich um, product that it's worth seeking out, um, you know, something at the next level. So what we decided most recently is we created a proposal through Indiegogo.com. Can I say that? We, yeah, were, we wanted to do some yeah. all right. So we wanted to do some crowdfunding. And we were out there searching for the best approach. And we have, I'm telling you, um, worked tirelessly trying to find the best avenue. And after speaking with someone who is also using um Using Indiegogo, we thought, and, and looking at their at their crowdfunding um, platform because there are several out there, as you know, we decided to go with them, and we just recently um, uploaded our proposal on their site. In fact, I just finished writing um, an article for their blog, which will be posted next week. So we're relatively new, so I want people to go out there and check out Food Hero Mimi Cosma. And, um, and see what my proposal's about because in order to maintain the momentum and to get more word on the street, uh, we need funding. Um, and so I, I just highly recommend that, you know, if you're going to um, increase your business, that that's certainly um, the way to go. Now, Mimi, I can't help but have this thought in my head. Like, do you want to... Is this a show that you eventually want to be able to sell to like the Food Network or, you know, something like or like even like Oprah, like even own? Like, is there something in you that really kind of would like to go mainstream or are you really devoted to keeping it very kind of self-published and independent on the social media channels? I can't lie. I would love for this to be a network show because the more eyes that are on it, the more people will be inspired to pay it forward. And so that's really the end goal. So the more people I can reach, and if that's because, because I have a network TV show, then that's absolutely the, the direction that I will go. Um, yeah, I would love to have that. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want their show in syndication, right? Right. Um, I would love for right. that to happen. I also look forward to um, expanding my radio show because I have so much fun 
having all of these guests on and us talking about different things in the world. I mean, we just, you know, I just want to educate the world and inspire and entertain. And I think that's just another avenue in which to do it. So I'd love for that to happen as well. And I'm also hoping in the next three years that I can publish a cookbook. I'm currently trying to get, I'm just feverishly trying to get all of my recipes typed up into a format that is legitimate and, and is noteworthy and hopefully I can publish a book um, in the next uh, couple of years as well. So yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot we have on the horizon in terms of plans for the next three years. Mimi, what's been, a, the, what's been one of the most challenging moments that you've had along this way? You're, you're fairly recent into this journey, um, but you know, there have had to be dark moments already and what have you done to move through it? Well, you know, some of the dark moments, you, you sort of get down and out when you um, look at the numbers game. For example, when you look at your followers. And, you know, when it first came out, I didn't have a lot of followers. Or maybe that particular day, I, I only had so many likes. And I think one of the things we have to, as business people, have to move away from is, the, is to rely solely on the numbers game. Yeah, I mean, we have to re- we have to look at that that kind of information in order to move and progress forward. But if you're passionate about what you're doing, you know, as long as you're continuing to nurture the garden, eventually the, the garden will grow. The garden's going to grow at its own pace, right? When the garden is ready, when the, when the things, when the items in the garden are ready, they will, you know, shoot up. So we have to, you know, those are the dark moments when things aren't going the, the way you think. The numbers aren't as high. The viewers aren't as, as many. The, luckily, I've ne- I haven't had any negative comments. and I am knocking on wood. I have had nothing but positivity. So I haven't had that dark moment. Um, but you know what? The shoe can drop at any point. Uh, and when that happens, I think we have to remember, and I have to remember that that isn't the end of the world, right? That's not the end. Those are constructive moments. Those are moments when you just take a step back and you say, okay, what is this person really trying to tell me and can I learn from it? And then you move on and you move up. So, you know, when the numbers are low, it's okay to be a little sad, but just find a way to make it better tomorrow. Mm, I love that. Well, Mimi, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story. You you were really in kind of the infant stage of this whole project, and I cannot wait to see how it goes because I think it's just such a great marriage of really giving back and doing something that you are so passionate about, which is always a win. So um, big congratulations to you, and I uh, can't wait to hear more about it. Thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate it. Cultivate your business garden. That is the theme that I have given to this uh, particular interview because that's what Mimi talked about the entire time about how, you know, this is not about hitting home runs all the time. This is about just those daily little practices that you're doing. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but over the long haul, they produce really amazing things. That's really what I got out of this. I really appreciated her going into a lot of those YouTube strategies, what's working for her. And I uh, hope you got a lot from that. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com and go opt in to make sure you're getting all the emails that will give you updates about the show and updates about what's going on in the entire Biz Women Rock community. All right. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.